0: We'll
1: Welcome back to the Uncommon Communion podcast hosted by First Church Birmingham, a podcast where we talk about whatever we want to talk about with whoever we want to talk about it with. Um, my name is Catherine Mullen. I serve as the Minister of Community Engagement here at First Church. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, and part of my job here at First Church is uh, community engagement, so social media, uh, fun event planning, small groups, and a bunch of other things, now including this podcast.
2: Hey, y'all, and I'm Jonathan Goss. I serve as one of the pastors here at First Church. I use he, him pronouns, and I preach in our modern worship service every Sunday with the service with guitars and drums and all that good stuff. And um, I work with our young adults and do a lot of other different things around the church. And, you know, we started this podcast in 2018 originally, and we are bringing it back excited to have our first guest this season. Oh yeah. And um, you know one of the reasons we started this podcast was to have other folks that have a different lived experiences to share their stories. You know at First Church one of our priorities is um, authenticity and um, others are diversity and um, creating con- inclusive community. And so you know we want to honor all of our priorities by The stories that you all hear and to make space for those stories and this is a great medium to make that space so maybe folks are out there listening that hear a story that they can really connect to and relate to and we're hopeful that that can happen
1: absolutely um so specifically if you've already listened to our intro episode that was kind of a fun get to know us episode uh, about who we are, Jonathan and I, and also about what this podcast is and hopefully where we hope it goes. Specifically, these next few episodes are uh, in honor of Pride Month in June. Woohoo! hoo <laughs> We're going to be hearing from members of our our own queer community. Uh, Matthew Vines will be giving a talk here this weekend. The ep- This episode will be releasing after that, but we'll be hearing from Matthew Vines on our next episode and some other folks within our queer community here at First Church um, talking about... The all kinds of things about faith and um, identity and the intersection between those two things and what it looks like to be at a church and all the things that have come before it in your life. Um, so, we're just here with our very first guest today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you and then you can do your thing and just say who you are. Our first guest today is Michael Boyd. Welcome, Michael.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, as she said, my name is Michael Boyd. Uh, I use he, him pronouns and. No pressure at all, but I'm super excited about this podcast. Um, let's see. I feel like you haven't asked me anything else yet, but I was gonna <laughs> I haven't, well going to start rambling and going. You know, we
1: know your personality <laughs> so well. We're going to talk about Enneagram eventually <laughs> on this podcast, yes. so we might as well go ahead and do it. You are an Enneagram 7. Yes. Um, and so what, why don't we just start with, why don't you tell me um, what you do? Who is Michael?
0: So, Okay daytime job. I am currently working at UAB major metropolitan hospital here in Birmingham. I work in the clinical informatics department, which is a really, really fancy way to say I am like healthcare IT. Oh, okay. So yeah. I cannot build you a computer, but if there's a computer program on that computer, I can help you with that. Nice. Wow. Um, Sometimes
1: I, I feel like you're like Chandler Bang. When people are like, what does Michael yes. do for work? Like people, gym, uh, Michael and I attend the same gym. People will ask what you do for work. And I'm like, you know, he works at UAB. And so that's is, about as far as it goes. Thank you.
0: That is a really, really great, like, listen, Amanda, another good friend of ours, literally sent me a video. And it's like, when you don't know what your friend does for a living, and this person is literally like, well, I've known them for a long time, so I feel like I should know what they do now. Right. And then that person's like, hey, they're hiring at my job. And They're like, who are they? Right. And who's hiring? That's, um, so. that's I, awesome. I feel like
2: that's a common thread. Like I have with um, folks that go to church here that I know mm. really well. I'm like, what if some, they do something with numbers or they do something at UAB, which is <laughs> very, very vague. Um. Why don't I, I did want to let Michael warm up because, Michael, I know you said you're excited, but you also said I'm a little nervous. Very First guess. So. Okay. Um, so no pressure. I wanted to check in with both of y'all and just ask about, like, how's your week going and what's your high or low of the week? And, and just so we can all kind of hear from each other and see how our weeks are going. I don't mind jumping in and just starting us Perfect. off. Um, going? I'm going to say low. Is um, I'm notorious, I'm a terrible sleeper. I don't sleep well. And the last like three nights, it's been hellacious like two hours wake up, Mm. fall asleep, two hours hours, wake up. So um, that's really boring, but that is easily my low of the week.
0: But was one of the reasons Ted Lasso.
2: So my high of the week, Michael. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) I just talked about Ted Lasso on our intro introduction, (laughs) but yes, um, high is I stayed up late. And probably had too much energy last night trying to fall asleep from the uh, series finale of Ted Lasso, which I've already told Catherine. Catherine's two episodes behind. I'm getting there. Um, met every expectation I had, um, was beautiful and moving, and yeah, I laughed, yeah, I cried, yeah, it was perfect, so... Yeah, that's me. That's my high and low.
1: I love that they're connected. You're high and you're low. <laughs> I too am a terrible sleeper, um, but I would not say that was my low. I would say that I am a like pre-summer girl. Like I love the light, cool weather that we get right before it gets just miserable in Birmingham. Um, and I feel like the last couple of days, in the in the like the heat of the day, like the high high sun, high noon, has just been like really like just unbearable
0: interesting so. i feel like we this
2: has been like may's been super easy
0: i th- i was going to say the same thing i think that we have had the easiest may weather wise in a while. Like well, you know, maybe I'm just
1: trying to jinx us. Maybe I'm trying to <laughs> put out in the universe, it's too hot <laughs> when it's been just really nice. It has been really nice, and especially at night. It's been awesome. Like, we went to the concert a couple of nights ago mm-hmm. and it was beautiful weather. Um,
2: it's about to get real hot, though. And maybe I mean, that's, that's it. Not, maybe it's, it's the done, like, it's it is coming. around the corner. Maybe it's for the, sure. oh gosh, oh, yeah. here it comes. You know, yeah.
1: so that'll be my low. It's just getting a little hot um, for my liking. I would say my high was, um, I don't know. The Nickel Creek concert was awesome. Um, that was two nights ago at Avondale. And it's my favorite venue in Birmingham for concerts. Um, I get, I've talked about this with some people. I get anxiety with like the big mega concerts mm. in the stadiums. So while I love Lizzo and Harry Styles and Beyonce, I'll never go and see Taylor. them live. Or and Taylor. We've talked with you and I have talked about this. I'll never go see them live because the big stadium shows just, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Mm. But I'll do a venue like Avondale where mm-hmm. like we, there's some breathing room. And
2: what about, so hold on, let me call time out real quick. So, out. you went to undergrad at LSU. I sure did. Tiger Stadium. Like, how does that work?
1: You kind of disassociate a little bit. Okay. And, and you have something like that's happening, the, like the, this football, and then there's also community. This sounds like it could also you be a concert. You just described a concert, I know. by the way. <laughs> Kind of, sort of, because it's
0: also the same arena, depending on who you're going to see. It's right? the like
1: idea it's, of it, you know, like it just it's it freaks me out. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a breakthrough I and I'll I go see somebody if big. You,
0: if you could pick one song that you're like, yes, this song gets me going every single day. I think hearing that song played while you sing it with, I don't know, mm. maybe 70,000 other people. Hashtag all too well, 10 minute version. Oh my gosh. I think <laughs> that you're going to have a spiritual experience.
1: Or a cardiac arrest. That's what I feel also, like Those two things are not
2: mutually <laughs> exclusive. <know>? That <laughs> is
1: very, very true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my high was a really nice concert with nice weather. With not too many good people. Good music with not too many people. Amen. And I got this really nice t-shirt that I love.
0: Um, your turn. Let's see. So I have been sitting here listening to both of you and not any point did I go, I should probably think about mine. No, Um, I, I think let's see my low, even though I know it hasn't happened yet tomorrow, I am like from work morning to work evening in meetings all day um like having to try and factor in some lunch somewhere mm. nah. um so it's gonna be a very, very long day and I'm not looking forward to it um I love my job but like it's it's just one of those days where I'm gonna be sitting at a computer for most of the day Babe. um so I've literally been dreading it all week um, Let's see my high. I would say on the flip side of you, I am so excited for the summer. I am a summer baby born June 17th. <gasps> Gemini season oh my, is around Yeah, I was going to say you're Gemini. Okay. Um, so I, like, this is the time that I get pumped. Like, I literally ran six miles on Saturday at, like, 12 oh in gosh. the afternoon. Okay. And it was, wow. I, I, like, finished, and I was like, all right, like, this is, I mean, I was dead, but I was also, like, Yes, I'll go and now sit outside for a little bit, even though I'm dying on the inside. Like, there's just something about the long days. It's the, the warm weather. I am not a cold person. I know what people say. Don't believe them. When you are cold... You are cold to the bone. You cannot warm up. I'm sorry. It's 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 facts. You just can't. <laughs> so then what's the Science. solution? <laughs> Vice versa. <Science. laughs> but when you are hot, like, it's fine. Like, you're going to be it? okay. Yeah. What about that? Uh, what's it called? Sweat. All that oh, sweat. Yeah. Hey, guess what that's doing? Cooling you off.
2: Tea. But you know what's
0: not happening? How you in the bones? Are you, are bones, you,
2: you know? okay? So my question <laughs> is: Are you are you cold natured or warm-natured? Um, I am warm natured? I'm warm natured.
0: I'm warm natured. I'm very warm natured. Interesting. And I, I like
2: I I do love the summer and spring. Fall is my favorite time of year, though, because oh yeah, I mean you just, get the best of both. Sure.
0: But like yeah, there's just something about like the sun not going down till eight o'clock that makes me feel like I can do everything. I do love that. Because yeah. more time for more activities. Yes. I love yes. that. And
1: I'm a, I'm a summer nights girl. So like during the day, yeah, it's hot. But like the nights are almost worth it because mm, of yes. how cool they are. Even when they're humid, I feel like, I don't know. There's something about summer nights. I love it.
0: Yeah. I just, I, if that's what makes me like, this is the time of year. And like, that means that beach is coming up soon. That means True. Like, just all of those things that like, yes, put me down for like 12 hours. Sign me up. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome.
1: Um, I feel like you're pretty warmed up now. Oh, you yeah. look so comfortable. Oh, yeah. look oh, at yeah. you. I'm now. Okay. Let's do it. Um, so I also personally too, because before I was on staff here, I came on staff part time in twenty nineteen and then was full time two years later. Um, and you were already here and I I feel like you and I connected with you and Jake, your fiance, like mm-hmm. so quickly. Um, but I actually don't really know how you found about how found out about First Church. So like how did you when did you start coming, and how did you find out about us, and all the things?
0: So, interesting story. I actually grew up Catholic. Um, I joke with my family. It's a little bit unorthodox in the sense that we had a band, so we were cool. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but it was also a predominantly black Catholic church also. So, um, did that for most of my life, and then went to college in Atlanta, and kind of attended a, the, I guess, a version of a mega church there that was also Catholic. And kind of lost touch a little bit. Like, it was it was good. It was what I was used to. Like, you know, that whole, like, ritualistic experience. You're in and out in an hour. Like, I, I was fine with that. Um, but when I moved back here, I kind of, like, fell out and was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I want to go back to my home church. Um, but I do want to find something. Um, so I moved back here from college in 2010, and kind of shopped around for a little bit by myself um ended up at a local mega church here i think we all know what we're talking about um <laughs> we don't have to say the name <laughs> um and honestly i i bought in i totally bought in i we mentioned earlier about the enneagram 7 mm. i love an adventure there oh, are good, productions. Yeah. There are, you know, events. There is popcorn. There is everything that you want to feel like you are getting at a church, but there is no connection. There is no depth there. There is no realness. Um. So I met Jake in 2016, and we started like th- talking about church together. And he was definitely someone who had grown up, he is from a very, very small town, uh, section Alabama, population of like less than 800. Mm. Um, So he did the Southern Baptist way of life. um, And... Southern Baptists and gay just don't go together. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that was definitely like, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything even remotely close to that. I believe some call that recovering Southern Baptists. Right. Um, yeah. Amen, brother. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of talked. I took took him to the mega church, and he also was really the one that was instrumental in being like, I think that we could find something better. Like I really do. So he moved downtown and, I mean, like, less than a mile away. And so the therapist that he was seeing at the time, he had talked to her and was like, hey, I just really, like, Michael is very interested in church and religion, and I would like to find some more affirming places. So... She gave him a list, and literally the first one was First United Methodist. So we are, it's a beautiful, like, I want to say this was maybe in the fall, but it was definitely a really beautiful day like today. Mm -hmm. And we were both up, and we were like, hey, let's go. This church is like walking distance, so let's just walk. So we walked to the church, and both of us had probably seen it a couple times, obviously just being downtown, but not really paid much attention to it. I recognize the banners and all of that, but like didn't go beyond that. So we did do a little bit of research and realized that there were two services and we both kind of were leaning more to the uh, more modern service. So we attended that service in the loft and we he still in his Baptist ways was like, we cannot sit in the back. So we so sat funny. on the second row that first yeah, you Sunday. Your yep. row, as some would say it for sure. Oh, yeah. Um. And so we were both like, okay, what is this? Like, this is really good. This is like, it seems like like people are very, very nice. I don't know if it's that like new people. Oh, my gosh, let me get, you know. But like people were genuinely like saying good morning and all of that. And so I would say that we attended off and on for a little bit from 20, I guess, 18 to like 2019, Okay. towards the latter end of 2019, really kind of coming more frequently. And in 2019, um, at the time, RG was still here and preaching in the law space. And he was like, hey, I would love to grab lunch with you and Jake. And we were both like, oh, my God, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <what laughs> wow. Do you you yeah. want to grab lunch. Like, is this the is the bait and switch about to happen? I've like, heard, you know, yeah. I've,
2: you are not. I've literally heard um, someone who's queer and younger and they're like, it triggers me when a pastor says, "Can we get wrapped coffee?" Yes, Ooh, yes. coffee. Yeah, that's well, cr- that's interesting. It,
0: and it, it's <clears throat> even like I don't know how other Catholics, but like I, I feel like I was connected to my pastor at my previous church. Like I felt like I had an actual connection, but we didn't we didn't do like a coffee or like and it was I would say that that church was probably smaller than this one, mm-hmm. um, but that was not something that we just did. And so we both, of course, are talking because the email's gone to both of us, and we're obviously not responding yet. (laughs) And we're like, so, I mean, like, what do we do? Like, where do we go? Like, you know. And so we both decide. We're like, okay, like, why not? Like, we're we're feeling like this is a a great place. So, like, why not? Let's, Let's do this. So we go and have lunch. And, I mean, you'd have to know R.G., but, like, he is just the kindest human being ever. And we're just talking and, and we're both like we leave the conversation. We leave lunch like, OK, like that was like not painful and actually very, very pleasant. Like we we could do this. Um, and I think we also attended one of the getting to know us dinners, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and so that which was another thing like, what, what OK, like like because I, I don't know, I just feel like we aren't like a mega church by any means, but like to take the time to say, Hey, we have had this influx of new members. Like, let's get to know these new Mm -hmm. people or not new members, I guess, but new people visiting. Right. Right. Um, Right. And I mean, that was moving. And like at the time I think Keith was still here and like, we're just sitting in the loft lounge and Keith is talking about just the church, the body and Keith starts crying and we are like, Okay, this is a real place. Like mm-hmm. this is a like genuine, like real, earnest place to connect with. Mm-hmm. And so then we we decided to join. So we joined in 2019 and honestly, we have not looked back. Like we what's another triggering thing I think also being queer is that like on some level like we are so like in love with this space and these people. That we want to invite people, mm-hmm. but we also know what it's like when you hear someone say, "I would like to invite you to church." Right. Oh yeah, I have definitely like I, I went to school in Atlanta. I can remember very vividly having conversations with people, and their "let me invite you to church" is not the same that mm. you get with us mm-hmm. situations. Oh yeah, um, so it's it's like this delicate line of being like, okay, I need people to experience this message like 100% like no a 1000% but like I also need them to know that we are not those people oh I hear that you know what I mean yeah
1: I don't Jonathan I don't know if you feel this way but with when you're just like out in public or you're getting your hair done or you're and people are like oh what do you do I'm you know I don't know you're checking out and the checkout line at Trader Joe's that happened to me a month ago Someone was like what do you do which is such a strange place to start a conversation about yourself but whatever and I don't know about you, but I, its uh, just n- being a minister at a church that is like this, knowing that there's nuance, knowing that there's, but we're all, you know, like it's, you kind of go into panic mode and you're like, well, how much time do I have? I don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Do I say is that it I, worth it? right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I say I do? <laughs> do I have the energy? Um, And I mean, every time I'm, you know, I work at a church and it just depends on the follow up questions. Right. And then you kind of see how yeah. quickly you can get out of there based on their answers or you see. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is an opportunity um, for someone who's ac- genuinely curious and wants to know kind of the, you know, if the mm-hmm. nuances there. I don't know. What if do you feel so the same? My warm?
2: wife, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a scientist at UAB, and runs around in a lot of circles with other scientists at UAB, and so like Christmas parties or any other type of get together with her folks, like very academic setting and. I don't know if you know anything about academia, but, um, you know, a lot of times I can clash with Christianity, um, right. In particular, mainstream Christianity, but, um, I developed this like pattern. So like when I would get into setting around these people before they asked me what I was like, what I did for a job, I wanted, this is really silly. I think I've heard this. I wanted to cuss Mm -hmm. first before they like found out I was a pastor. Yeah. Right. Um, Not like a big one, you know, not like (laughs) a big one, just like like an easy one. (laughs) Be careful now. It's an easy one. Not a big one, guys. Everybody slow down. Um, My parents raised me right. But I also, like, if there was an availability of, like, you know, wine or something to have that so that when that came up in the conversation, I seemed more approachable and more normal and not judgmental. Mm Mm-hmm. And, that's interesting yeah and so like i have developed that sense of like that's kind of right. how but that's hard to do in a trader joe's right like totally i have straight up you're like totally. in
0: the basket do they have wine
2: in
1: well the and yeah. it's, like, it's weird to think of yourself in somebody else's eyes or somebody mm-hmm. else's ears is based on how you sound what you're saying how you're behaving how you look um and i find that when i meet people i mean i have a nose ring and i've got all these tattoos and either people are like you work at a church like what? Or are there are people like, oh yeah, you work at a church, mm-hmm. which right. I don't know how to feel about either of those responses to be very honest with you. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. Yeah. The whole, so, like soft launching yeah. yourself almost as a, as a person before you get into like what you do for yeah. a living.
0: Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, and I think too, like part of it is like, In the South, the church is, like, the main meeting place for so many people. I, you know, didn't... Totally. At the time, growing up, we didn't have, like, the Wednesday night dinners like what we just had, which were a blast. Um, But, like, I know so many folks that, like, their entire life is being in church when the church is open. Like, you've heard that from, you know, multiple generations, right? And so, like... I also don't want to be classified as somebody that, like, I don't know, it's weird. A Jesus freak? Yes. And (laughs) I think, like, I feel like we're all kind of touching on it a little bit, right? But we're, like, there's, you know, some stipulations when you're talking about, like, big C Christians is what I would like to call it, right? Sure. They're, like... Like mainstream Christian, like kind of Ma- what Jonathan said. Yes, exactly. When when you're kind of going in and you're like, oh yeah, I'd like you to. Yeah, and it's different also for like a queer person, and it's different for like a black person also, because yeah. it could me it could go so many different ways. And and I've you know I already said this before, but like, what do you have energy for? Mm. Like, do I have the time in the grocery store to tell you, even though like yes, my church is incredible, but do I have the energy to go into it? If we definitely have conflicting viewpoints. But to some extent, it's nice to be queer and, like, it be in some ways obvious, especially when I'm with my fiance, mm-hmm. like for them to be like, oh, okay, like you are in a loving, open relationship that is obvious to people and you're talking about church. So that kind of yeah. helps soften the blow a little bit. I guess that would be the soft line That's for That's interesting. Us. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah.
2: Can you. you just named something that I think I mean this is like why we're doing what we're doing but like to move through the world as a gay black man and how those two things intersect and how you just said um I mean kind of what you were describing is a situation like you could be talking alone with another you know person who grew up in the black church that has invited you you talked about Mm -hmm. going growing up in Atlanta in college and having those conversations like how what was that like? How was that?
0: Um, uh, It kind of depends. So, like, I definitely really found myself in college. I went to Oglethorpe University. Go Petrels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And w- it was definitely a liberal arts college. Like, it was. We had professors who openly had their partner's pictures on their desk. We did a drag show every year to raise funds for, like, Atlanta AIDS outreach. So like, it was definitely a, a place where I definitely got to explore myself and really, like, come into my own. So I feel like it. I definitely had much more of an air about me of being, like, I this is who I am. So, like, if you're inviting me to your church, then it's going to go one or two ways. Right. right? I am going to go in and really be who I am, and then you're going to look crazy, which that's mm. on you. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or I'm not going to go and we can have this conversation. I, I very vividly remember being at like a MARTA train station and engaging with this woman who did everything she could to get me to come to her church without saying why she wanted me to come to her church and i at the time very like you know you you don't argue with these people right but like i very clearly was like oh it's funny you should mention that i'm actually already going to a church i'm actually en- engaged in a small group there at this church let me tell you this church name you know and 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 that's also happened to me since i you know moved back here but like it's just it's very different because right now and i feel like this is something that's happening across the globe with black folks in black queer spaces like we're already talking about like okay there's one minority group here right the queer space and then there's the other being the black space you would think and I think this is just I could go on a tangent about this about how life has divided all of these all of us but Mm -hmm. like you would think that both of these groups would be able to recognize the struggle Mm -hmm. and be able to relate and and come together and talk about it, right? Like we, we, there are some things that yes, we can have variations on, right? But we cannot have variations on you thinking that I am less than or that I am going to this other place because I am queer, right? So I think there is just this feeling, or at least I get this feeling sometimes where I'm like, I feel like you should recognize a struggle and you should want to uplift someone. But we, we've talked about this mentality before. When I was in Converge, I've talked about it before. There's this notion of scarcity, right? Of like, if I give you some sort of leverage to help you out or if I give you some sort of thing, that removes something from me, right? If I say that okay. your worth is equal to mine, What I'm actually saying is, you have more worth than me, Mm. and now that you know, we we can't do that, right? So I I just, it's the most frustrating part, and and I wish you know we we could have a long (laughs) TED talk about it. I'm sure, (laughs) Um, but I, I I kind of wish there would be more spaces where there are Black queer folks that are leading the charge in. A religious space, right yeah, and it is a space that accepts you wholeheartedly mm. now that's not to say that I'm sure people aren't doing the work. I believe fully that that is happening. I just wish it happened more yeah um and so yeah it's 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 tricky, I think sometimes and I wish you know I, I don't know i I have also been very like privileged in the sense of like my and we may talk about this later like my coming out story is very different from like what other people have experienced, especially in the black community. Yeah. Um, it it was just not necessarily a, a big deal as much as I made it up to be in my head. Mm. Um, and so like I was very fortunate in that sense that like I, we were at a um, city walk this weekend with my cousin was throwing on this big arts festival and my grandmother came, my grandmother is 85? Um, And she had just come from, so they still attend my, like the church that I grew up in. Right. And it's a predominantly, like I said, predominantly Catholic black church. And she walks up to Jake, my fiance, who's white, and I asked her how church was. And the first thing out of her mouth was like, oh my gosh, you got to bring him to, to it's it's called Our Lady of Fatima. She was like, you got to bring him to Fatima. And like that, that doesn't happen that like, all, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't as much as I wish it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like, I think I answered your question, but I definitely talked a lot. No, so I you, know. I, I think <laughs> this is you're why like, you are our guest. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: I think for me, you opened something up and named something that I w- actually would love to hear you talk more about is that, I mean, the way you talked about it was like struggle mm-hmm. and how you like, la- you, you know, you name these two groups. And it's like what you were describing was like a competition of who's like who struggled the most or who is that what your name is? A little bit, but also could you just expand on that? Because I find that like so
0: I think, and I've you know talked about this before, and without going too far into politics and things of that nature, I think that there are obviously more minorities than there are combined together than the majority, right. But we have things like the model minority where one minority is treated as better than or the minority to aspire to be. When you already have that kind of like elevated thing and you have all of these other minorities over here, like why is it that we as a group, as collective groups, cannot come together and say you deserve rights the same way that I deserve rights, the same way that I have been given rights, and it doesn't happen. And it's just puzzling to me. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the part that's the most frustrating thing to me, and I think it is because of scarcity culture, right? And And I don't know if this is something that is a global thing, but, like, here in America, it is a very real thing. I cannot give you something without losing something. We are talking about rights here. You aren't losing anything. I did not say that because I want to marry a male that you no longer get to be married anymore. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not what I said. I said that I want to marry. I love this man so much that I want the government involved. (laughs) Just like you did. But for some reason, that is the opinion and that is the philosophy. That is the way people walk through life. And it's like, but you don't have to be that way, right? I recognize what you are going through, and I recognize that together we should be able to accomplish this. I am definitely not speaking as eloquently as, I think it's loke. Uh, they use they, them pronouns, but they've talked about how it is not just one group struggle. We are all struggling together. Mm. Why can we not recognize that? Why can we not... Like, if I name that there are trans folks that are dying in the streets and no one is doing anything about it, that is a struggle. That, for one, it's a human rights thing. So, for one, where's your empathy there? But the other part of that is you are also struggling to, you know, walk through the door as a black male and be, you know, given the same kind of chances as someone else who does not look like you mm-hmm. yeah. why can we both not recognize that we have those struggles yeah they may not be on the same level but why can we not come together and say yeah. i can fight for you because you are going to fight for me right. as well yeah
1: right yeah. two yeah. things can be true at the same time yes same.
0: and yeah. i feel like but we there are powerful groups that play here who have pitted them against one another pitted these minorities against one another So instead of being like, let's all come together and do this and kick those folks out of power, we are struggling just to be seen, to have our foot in the door to do all of this. Yeah. And so it's just, it is the, it's a very frustrating part to me when you are in, which because, you know, people are more in more than the one thing, right? So they're always going to fit in multiple categories. Yeah. But like, that's how you come together. All right. Like let's use those good old school Venn diagrams. Commonality. Right? Where is yes, <laughs> yeah. the Commonality. Like let's fight for each other. Like right. recognize that this is a right for everyone. Right. You know,
1: I feel like, and we just came off of a sermon series called crowded table. And I want to say, we've talked about this on a communion or a table Sunday where we talked about the importance of that and what that means for us at first church. And that it is so hard for other folks to hear that we are adding seats to the table. Mm-hmm. Those seats are not taking your place. Mm-hmm. Those seats are not taking this person's place. These are literally seats being added next mm-hmm. to you. The table is wide, yes. you know, um, which sounds like something you're talking about as far as like, um, like struggle and human rights and that mm-hmm. dialogue around all of that, trying to pick up group to focus on or see which one's more important yes. right now. And it's, uh, it's it's knowing who who are we fighting against and or what are we what are we fighting for and it's not against each other and it's for each other. Yes, you and know?
0: It's, it's also not to say that like and something that I know I struggle with sometimes is like sometimes I also don't have the bandwidth that I wish I had to have everyone mm-hmm. in my viewpoint right to wow, be like yeah. yes. I I want to fight for Native Americans. I want to fight for Asian Americans. I want to fight for Latino. I want to fight for Hispanic, right? I like sometimes all the bandwidth I have is for my queer community, right? Mm-hmm. That have, you know, over 400 laws that are being written about them. Um one just passed in Alabama about the sports. So like sometimes I do I do feel a little bit bad about not having the bandwidth to say no like I need to stand up for this group because I hope they will stand up for me. Mm-hmm. But I, that's very different from what I just talked about of like, no, I'm, I can only stand up for my group. I can only do what my group requires. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the right. time. Yeah. All right. Wow. So that's so that interesting. Sense.
1: I think, I think I totally hear what you're saying. And you said something, or I guess you've kind of been saying it this whole time, but as, as you identify as somebody who is queer, somebody who is black, somebody who is a man and Mm -hmm. also somebody who's a Christian, all of these things wrapped up with a Christian faith, like your faith experience. I Mm -hmm. think, you know, it sounds, um, obviously you've, I mean, we're also both friends with you, Jonathan and I. (laughs) And so one thing we know about you is that you just have passion for things. Mm -hmm. And like you're, it's very comfortable for you to explain that. And like, it's something I think we've all just heard is your passion for people. And so, in these different church backgrounds, in your experience with other Christians, uh, and then Christians here at First Church, how do you feel like your faith in intersection with all of the things you just talked about? I, I guess I kind of want to ask where where you've landed, and like maybe where you started, or what you can remember most recently, and then how you feel like your faith, What? how would you describe your faith, which is such a... Mm-hmm. Hard question, because I, I don't mean, even know how to answer it. Whew, yeah. But I don't know. I feel like
0: you were just inspiring me with everything you were saying. Well, and I think, yeah. so, it's difficult because I definitely, one of the things that I have done over the years before coming to this church, right, I feel like January 1, everybody aspires to read the whole Bible in a year. <laughs> I have Hilarious. tried it yeah. so many <laughs> times and I'm like I cannot get past all the bagats. I'm just I just can't. <laughs> I literally can't. You lost me at the bagat. You lost me at bagat, right? And so I have definitely tried to put my faith in a box that someone else has prescribed to me for sure. I think lots of Christians do that. I think now, though, I would describe it as really much more of an expression of who I am. And I would say that it provides me some level of comfort when I can't find any. So, like, sometimes Jake and I will be having a conversation and, like, it will be something very, very, very tragic and heavy and sad And I feel all of those things. But I think on the back end of that, though, I also feel comfort in knowing that I think that something transformative will happen for this person, this group, this something, because the last will be first, right? Um, So I I feel like, I don't know, that is a hard question to say. Like, how would you? describe your faith I think it is an expression of my personality which is already pretty gregarious and excited and just welcoming and I would say it has shaped and made me experience all of those feelings on a much more deeper level yeah Mm -hmm. like recognizing that like It's nothing for me to walk up to someone and give them a hug because I'm all up in your personal space. Mm. (laughs) But I've had to learn that that's not everybody's thing, right? But also, like, I have had many people come back to me and say, like, hey, I remember when you gave me a hug on that day, and that meant a lot to me. Wow. Wow. Um, and so I, I think I would just describe it as me, and and much more of an expression of all of the things that I already carry. Yeah, I guess if right. that answers. Right, your heart bit. for things. Like yes,
1: what I heard earlier, which is why I asked you is your heart for justice, mm-hmm. which is a, I would say most people would argue as a large part of being um, a Christian, or something that we'd like to believe is a large part mm-hmm. of being a Christian is something that we prioritize here, um, and so. Yeah, that's a really great way to explain It's like an expression of who you are in your heart yeah. and how you how you treat people mm-hmm. and how how you who you are, I guess, for other people. And
0: I think it helps also with how you choose to engage with those that are not like you, right? So like wow. yeah. I I could have the time or day to be like, "Okay, you know what? I already know that we are coming from very different places." but I have the power and the bandwidth to give you, to engage with you about how strong and why I feel like this is my faith base, right? Yeah. And to kind of go back to what you said, to tell you why we are adding more seats at the table versus yours, which is limiting, right? Is the seats are already taken. We have no more room for you and when you think about it from that perspective to me you are already limiting like what you deem as the one the the almighty right right and who wants to be a part of that religion honestly like that sounds like something that would be awful and i kind of prescribed to that for a while yeah mm-hmm. um i feel like i'm not going to get it right but you touched on this at the men's retreat about how a lot of the times, like, we have been told that right belief, I think if I'm, I'm saying it correctly, mm-hmm. right, and then right practice gets you the entrance, right? Right.
2: To belonging.
0: To belonging, yeah. But if you start from feeling like you already belong, I think everything else starts to fall into place, right? Yeah. If I wake up every morning and I feel like I belong, then I feel like my belief is probably going to start shifting and changing, right? Yeah. And so I think that that is – that's also something that has shaped my faith, to feel like from day one, I have belonged. I think that there are so many people that just need to hear the two words, you belong. Yeah. And it would change so many things. Right. We say it almost every week. I mean, you have – I mean,
2: we – I think – what I just heard you name uh, is true because I think if if people could break the model that they've been given, break that mold, and if you, not only if you started every morning with, like, I belong, mm-hmm. I'm worthy, I'm good enough, but, like, what if we started every morning with, like, and so are they. Mm-hmm. They belong. They yeah. are good enough. Um, people that we disagree with politically, people that we disagree with socially. Like, if our first response is, they belong mm-hmm. at this same table that I'm making room for my queer family, I'm gonna make room for them too. Mm-hmm. And because to me that to to your point, like what what is gonna break down the system that's in place, big C church is how you described mm-hmm. it, mainstream Christianity, how whatever label like, to me that is it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's meeting their intolerance. As difficult as it is with tolerance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that's that's the hard work of the church. None of this is easy.
0: Mm-hmm. No. I mean, if, if it were, everybody would be doing it, right? right. And, and be we'd doing be doing it really well? <laughs> really, really well,
2: yeah. yeah. We wouldn't be arguing as a denomination. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, oh, well, yeah. Huh? Right?
0: And so I, I think man, it just, it would be like, that's, that's the part where I think I wake up. And that's the part when I'm like, okay, you know what? That is why I need to invite people to this church. Mm, Right. And that is why I need to like, that's something that I think about playing on loop in the back of my head Yeah, is like, no, I, I need you to hear this, not just from me who already loves you, but from complete strangers. And I need you to hear it. Honestly, right? Because th- that's the other part, right? You've probably heard it before, but it came with some strings at the very end of the contract, right? Bait and switch, like so, you talked yes, about earlier. Exactly. But like to hear it from people and to hear it over and over and over again. I mean, I'm sure like sometimes people are like, yes, I get it. I get it. But like, y'all have talked about this before. We have so many folks that are walking through our doors for the first time. And what if they have gone, 20, 30, 40, 50 years right. without hearing that message. Yeah. yeah Another analogy. Yeah.
2: Th- I think one of the analogies uh, and I, what you're alluding to is kind of this idea that you know, if you've heard one thing over and over again, you know, exponentially, you need to hear the other thing mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. belong, that you're loved. The wh- one of the uh, an analogy I recently thought of was like every time I go to my parents' home, you know, when I leave, I would give I'll give my mom a hug and say, I love you. I do that every time. I don't mm-hmm. do it just every other time or the first time or the last time, but I do it every time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same sentiment that we want folks that walk through our doors first time, born here, walk through this door a thousand times. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. we want to say, I love you because we're all family, we're connected, and that's like that's how you start to change that kind of Mm -hmm. mindset that you were speaking to. Yeah.
1: Wow. I also loved what you said earlier about, or maybe both of you were saying these things about like waking up every day and, and saying, it's like affirmations, right? Yes. You say these affirmations enough or you do something enough. And as humans, we're formative beings. And so we are informed by our behavior. We're informed by what we consume. Mm -hmm. Like we are what we consume. Um, and if we are constantly consuming rhetoric, that is telling us that we are not enough, that we are so close to being the, you know, ideal person, mm-hmm. Christian, whatever, um, we just have to do these things first, mm-hmm. instead of like something we prioritize in the loft is singing songs that have words that we s- that we sing over and over and over, because yes. we're formed by the words we sing. Um, we're formed by the words that we say and we're formed by the behavior that we express to other people. Mm-hmm. And so you hugging people on their way in or you greeting people because you're a greeter for a <laughs> reason um, because you're just really good at it. Um, <laughs> people who are coming. I mean, you are approaching every single person you're meeting with the same amount of love mm-hmm. and energy. And though they may be taken aback based on whatever they have coming in the door. They're gonna leave knowing they were met with love, mm-hmm. no matter who they were, because you. It doesn't matter who they were to you. They were a person, and you wanted them to know mm-hmm. that they belong. Um, and I think that's just. I th- just think that's really powerful for other people to hear. Is h- that's how we can, as frustrating as it can be, right? To be in, like, is that a Punnett square? The like the like the, we're Christian, but we're over oh, here. yeah, you know. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and everybody, all the rest in the other square, it's hard. It it can be. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. But um you know meeting them every time with an amount of love for them and also for you know mm-hmm. yourself like you, you talked you, about I earlier think you
0: remind yourself too of that same love right cuz a hug work, works both ways like a, right. a, a good hug right so yeah. like if i am giving you that love and that energy you're probably giving it back to me yeah. and that feels good mm. right mm. I love a good hug <laughs> oh my gosh
1: no. i love a hug wow this has been awesome. Michael, thank you so much for yeah, sharing. Thanks for sharing. I mean, obviously your your background and your perspective and your passion. Um, That's obviously – I mean, it's valuable to us as people just hearing from you and people who know you, but it's going to be really valuable, I think, to people who are listening who don't know you yet and who will probably love to know you. Oh, I hope so. Hopefully, um, I not sound like an idiot. As we close, uh, I want to do – this is something I kind of want to do every episode with our with our guests when we have them is just to hear – from you, you've kind of nodded and mentioned a couple people that I think inspire you or people that you feel like you want other people to be hearing from. Mm-hmm. Are there any like, you know, books, shows, people that you want to like lift up in a way or kind of oh
0: promo? So I think that if you are looking for someone that is going to show you how to love yourself, you are listening to Lizzo right now. Okay. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> a hundred a thousand percent like I absolutely love that woman like she is truly making using her platform for good and I mm-hmm. I, that, I do not want that to go uh, i Um, I also think if you are looking for someone that is talking about how do we do the work and how do we work together I mentioned it before it's uh, uh I think I'm going to pronounce it correctly this time but it might be wrong uh, Alok and it's A-L-O-K okay um, and they have—they go by they them. They have books. They are on YouTube uh, videos. They've done several podcasts. And every time I hear them speak, I'm like, okay, you just named everything somehow, and you did it in a way that was so loving that I'm like, yes, I feel empowered now. Cool. So yeah, I—I I think for sure those two people, absolutely. You're just looking to have a good time, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I Hilarious. could go the whole podcast. <laughs> without like truly <laughs> mentioning her. Your I Id- your queen. She
1: is Saint. She really she is. is. your patron saint.
0: She really ugh. We could do a whole nother podcast on music about her. But we whatever. could. We could.
2: <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying we're not. We're not saying we're not. <laughs> we're just not committing. This is the very first episode.
1: Point. Nothing is off the table. <laughs> Nothing is off the table. Thank
0: Listen, you. If, if you think I was cool enough to get invited back, hopefully I'll get invited back. <laughs> that'll be it. Sure. Uh, yeah. That well, be that'll be our next intro song
1: <laughs> the next time you're on. Everybody will know you're on. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Uncommon Communion. Um, You can find us on social media, on Instagram at First Church Birmingham, on TikTok at First Church Birmingham. Uh, We have a Facebook page, First United Methodist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And we also have our website, www.firstchurchbhm.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.
2: See y'all.